everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of TechSpansive. I'm Sean Dubrovac from Avrio Institute. And I'm Ross Rubin at Radical Research. The big news this week in tech played out on Wall Street with uh, Facebook's earnings announcement. In some ways, it uh, looked quite positive. They reported strong revenue growth for the organization, up 20% year over year to a a total of, for the quarter, $33.6 billion. Uh, They had strong monthly active uh, users. We saw that number increase. So you had that hitting an all-time high for their monthly active user base, growing to 2.912 billion in the quarter, the, the highest ever. But on the negative side, uh, they saw a decline for the first time in 18 years in their daily active users that declined in the the fourth quarter, sequentially from the third quarter. And they warned that advertising revenue, which they are highly dependent upon, will will, uh, shrink uh, potentially, the growth rate at least, will shrink in the first quarter. Ross, what's your uh, view on Facebook's announcements this week? So I I think some of the fall off in the usage of the flagship Facebook uh, service, I I think some of that can be attributed to the lessening impact of the pandemic, people going out, more competition from real world uh, events. Um, however, it, it also does signify a, a bit of a reckoning to the law of large numbers. Uh, Facebook uh, simply running out of people to attract to its uh, former, <clears throat> uh, formerly namesake uh, service. Uh, and it also represents a continuing evolution of consumer online activity from the web to to, uh, to mobile. In some respects, uh, Facebook has done a fantastic job over the past few years in moving uh, that, that audience uh, over to uh, mobile platforms. The Facebook app continues to be one of the most popular mobile apps. Uh, however, it is a very functionally rich app. It does a lot of things. It's for photo sharing. It's for groups. It's for uh, you know, there, there used to be messaging component uh, tied into uh, tied into uh, a Messenger. There's a, there's a video section. There's a selling. I, I think actually, Sean, a lot of the stuff we've discussed on on the podcast over the past two years about how they've really tried to diversify the main service, and a lot of that has migrated over to the mobile app. Meanwhile, uh, that what they claim to be their strongest competitor emerging competitor ever, certainly since uh, Snapchat, uh, is a very focused application in TikTok, uh, very simple, straightforward proposition of these short, often funny videos uh, that uh, also had an opportunity to grow uh, during the pandemic. You know, Facebook is looking, Meta is looking to counter this growth with uh, Instagram, uh, which has previously been about a lot of these glamorous on-location photos and videos, and uh, and a lot of product endorsements uh, mixed in with the rather workaday things that your friends and family are are doing and sharing on the app. 
but TikTok falls somewhere in the middle. You know, a lot of the videos that uh, really go viral there are not by celebrities, uh, or at least not celebrities yet, uh, and um, and and really are focused on these. Uh, these short experiential uh, exercises. So, so that's where we really see the uh, competition heating up uh, and where YouTube is going to be uh, stepping up its efforts with uh, shorts as well. And it does feel like Facebook might have foreseen some of this. If you think about the, the origin of the Facebook platform, it was originally just Harvard students, right? And then they branched out to other universities. But for uh, for some time, you still had to have a .edu email address. And then they opened it up to others. But as they allowed users to curate those networks, it was largely around friends and family. Uh, and, and they were constantly, arguably, always pushing people to do things beyond that privacy, uh, that privacy gate. Um, more recently, as you just noted, they started focusing more heavily on groups and other areas where arguably you're interacting with people you don't know. And that really is what makes some of these videos on TikTok and, and other platforms go viral is that you get millions of followers. So it isn't just a couple of likes from friends and family for a, a baby photo or, you know, vacation photo or even, you know, what you had for dinner last night, but it's uh, a, a much wider following. Uh, we saw Snap announce earnings this week. Uh, they jumped to their first profitable quarter ever. The stock was up 60% as a result. And in the, the, uh, their earnings call, they talked about how people are moving away from watching stories, which, which Snapchat arguably invented, and Instagram uh, did a great job, and, and Facebook also did a great job of integrating it into their platforms and moving more heavily to videos on Spotlight, which is Snapchat's TikTok rival. So we've seen a, a move there. Uh, you mentioned YouTube and their, their push on, on their platform. And just recently, we saw that YouTube announced that they've had 5 trillion short form videos, uh, and they only launched in September of, of 2020 now. Uh, many of those videos are, are, of course, TikTok videos that have been reposted on YouTube Shorts, but YouTube is really pushing to get uh, 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 creators on that platform. They, shortly after launching in September, had established a $100 million fund for Shorts to try to drive people there. So it does feel like the, the focus for all of these platforms is Shorts. And maybe the concern with Facebook is that they're behind in that in that move towards shorts. So while some of these other things are are growing, there is a, a clear focus at Facebook on, and we should say the company formerly known as Facebook, Meta, a clear focus on the metaverse. And and arguably, you know, they made several announcements around that in this week's earnings announcement. They're going to start trading under the the uh, ticker Meta. Later this year, they even way they structured their earnings, they broke out all of the apps, Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp into a, a family of apps category, and they're reporting those earnings separate from the metaverse category, which they broke out for the very first time and, and reported on that. They generated a, 
almost $900 million in revenue in the fourth quarter. That's up from a little over $700 million a year earlier, but they uh, lost, that division lost $3.3 billion in the quarter compared to $2 billion in the fourth quarter. So that's where their focus lies. And maybe investors are saying, we'd rather you focus on shorts like everyone else. That definitely feels like some of the message you're getting between Snap and, and Facebook stock uh, price reactions this week. Well, especially when your competitors are making the advertising model work and you know, you're putting out warnings about the future that uh, changes that Apple continues to implement on the iPhone platform is going to constrain your uh, future revenue growth. Uh, on the metaverse, it, it was really interesting to see how, to Meta's credit, they really birthed this buzzword. And uh, it seemed there was a period of a few months after uh, the meta announcement where every tech company, well, not everyone, but but a number of, of big ones uh, came out and uh, laid their claim uh, to their their part of, uh, of the metaverse, uh, or at least in the case of um, uh, apps uh, or companies such as Roblox uh, were not shy about uh, claiming their relevance uh, to all the excitement around the metaverse. And uh, now I think, well, first of all, I, I think that that uh, has exposed some vulnerability. Uh, so for Meta, on one hand, uh, yes, the company is investing uh, billions of dollars uh, into making this a, a richer uh, experience. And yet the part of the roadmap that it has shown uh, for at least the next two products are higher end, uh, more expensive products that really don't uh, fit well into its uh, mass market uh, advertising approach. Now, I understand that they're looking to do some revenue diversification in this new world, but nonetheless, uh, Facebook thrives when the game is about big numbers uh, of uh, people because that is uh, one of their core strengths. And the other, another thing to keep in mind is that their core uh, chip technology provider for what had been the Oculus uh, headsets, now the Meta headsets, is Qualcomm, uh, which spoke up, uh, also, also laid its claim to being a metaverse enabler at its investor day, at its Snapdragon Tech Summit. Uh, and of course, Qualcomm is a company that broadly licenses its technology uh, already has uh, its chips uh, in a number of, of other headsets, um, many of which are aimed at the enterprise today. But uh, of course, a lot of those companies could turn around uh, once the, once the, uh, the opportunity is, is provided uh, for uh, mass market uh, or consumer participation. And uh, I think that the third thing that uh, the third main concern uh, is that uh, we've started to see a bit of a backlash. Uh, Apple saying that it really doesn't see itself uh, participating, or at least rumors coming out that Apple does not see itself as building a metaverse or it's part of the metaverse. Uh, I think much like the web, as you know, if, if this thing comes to become, if this thing grows to become a a large. Uh, mass market phenomenon, they will certainly be there. 
and uh, they will find a way to differentiate with their approach there. Uh, but they're not going to invest the way Facebook is to try to build something that you know, does not have a proven revenue opportunity. Uh, and uh, Nintendo uh, also saying that it really does not see uh, the, the metaverse as, as having much uh, potential or, or revenue for it. So two companies uh, that admittedly have stayed back uh, a little bit um, and tried to be a, a little bit more contrarian. Uh, but also, I, I think you need to look at uh, Meta's big tech peers and think about, are any of them threatened enough uh, to take the kind of make the kind of bet on this uh, that that Meta is? And uh, I think the answer, at least for now, is no. It, certainly none of them want to be at the forefront of that. And their sense is that they could quickly catch up if they needed to and, and compete there. Um, you know, maybe we'll all be sitting in the metaverse watching TikTok videos uh, and, and TikTok would probably be just fine with that. Um, and, you know, even even Meta, the company has been clear that the metaverse is not just about virtual reality glasses, but that it will be able to access these environments from our mobile phone and from our computers. I think what Facebook is striving to build is a new environment where we interact and where advertisements can be overlaid or or it can some way be monetized if it isn't through advertisements in some other form. And uh, and I think you know Wall Street is saying there's potential there, but but we could be looking at a very long runway in order to get there, which is counter to. You know, you look at Bill Gates and a couple of weeks ago, maybe now a couple of months ago at this point, he wrote a blog post where he argued we'd all be having our our uh, virtual meetings in the metaverse in two to three years, as opposed to what he called the Hollywood squares of, of our current video <laughs> interactions. And, and to me, that's a very aggressive timeline to socialize a new technology. So I, I don't think we'll get there that quick. And and to your point, Ross, I do think that the other companies, Snap, TikTok, are all saying we've got plenty of time to, to be active, successful builders or, or players in this environment. Um, you know, at the same time, we have seen a lot of announcements from companies acquiring game studios, and those do look like, like meta first plays, potentially. Uh, you, you know, you saw uh, Microsoft with a, a big acquisition there. And they they do couch it in terms of building out the, that metaverse opportunity a little bit. And it's, it's forced Sony to make a, a play there. And so um, th there does look like there's some desire to, to at least acquire developers that can help in, in these virtual environments. Yeah, particularly Sony, even though that was a, uh, <clears throat> or stands to be a much smaller deal uh, from a pure dollar perspective, uh, Bungie really has done a good job over the years at these massive world uh, building kinds of environments. Uh, we've seen some of that uh, from uh, Activision as well with uh, certainly uh, a lot of the world of uh, Warcraft uh, uh, universe that, um, <clears throat> that, uh, that Blizzard uh, has, been, uh, has been known for. Some of the Call of Duty Online uh, has the potential 
uh, for, for that kind of stuff uh, as well. But certainly for Microsoft, uh, I think it is about 90% uh, beefing up the exclusivity of offerings on uh, Xbox Game Pass and maybe 10% uh, looking to, to launch this, uh, this metaverse play. Uh, arguably for Sony, uh, it, the numbers could be weighed uh, a little bit more on, on the metaverse side. Uh, uh, the company has long had an interest in creating these kinds of virtual online communities, uh, but you know, ha has never really cracked the formula, but that's uh, hardly criticism uh, because no one has really cracked the, uh, cracked the formula yet. One of the big things that it, it did look like the market weighed heavily was Meta's announcement that going forward, sales growth could slow somewhere between three and 11% in the first quarter of 2022 due to those iOS changes that you mentioned, inflation, and then also supply chain disruption. So things that are going to impact advertising, uh, arguably new car companies today don't need to advertise for cars because they're able to sell any car that they can produce at a market premium so they're, so they're not advertising. So maybe there's been a, a cutback in demand for advertising at least temporarily. Uh, now, the juxtaposition for the- But, but yeah, yeah, Alphabet reporting very strong advertising numbers. Yeah, exactly. And that is the exact opposite. For the first time, um, you, you, you saw Amazon likewise break out their advertising segment uh, advertising services for the first time. They reported $9.7 billion in, in ad rev in Q4. That's up 32% on a year-over-year -year basis. And uh, they had $31.2 billion for the fiscal year 2021. So you saw really strong growth there. Uh, while we were getting ready for this podcast, Ross and I were both on Amazon, and we were noticing all of the places that ads were showing up and also noticing how much available real estate there still is to monetize. So it does feel like there's, there is a, uh, probably a long runway there to grow their ad revenue. Clearly they, they plan to grow it or they wouldn't have broken it out as a separate category and, and shown a light on it. And so uh, we saw their stock up uh, quite significantly this week as a result of that. So they're, there is this also this feel that maybe advertisers are moving to other places and, and moving elsewhere to take advantage of where consumers are actually making purchases. You know, what I find interesting, Sean, is um, both Alphabet and Amazon, the story there is really about having, be, being able to build uh, and grow their advertising businesses somehow evading the uh, privacy uh, restrictions that Apple is implementing because they own enough of their own platform uh, where they can be highly effective, particularly Amazon. Uh, even though you know, we saw a lot of inventory, uh, we saw a couple of non-contextual ads, but, but the vast majority of the admittedly uh, very small sample of, of pages we looked at uh, were right there, right on the category that we were looking at, you know, right, right there, ready for us to complete the transaction, you know, which is so powerful uh, in terms of uh, uh, what Amazon can justify in terms of uh, uh, advertising rate. And if you look at Google, right, you've got uh, 
uh, the open web where it is king. And, uh, and so that led it to develop this alternate laptop platform called the Chromebook, which is really about a web access device. There had been talk about such devices for many years before, but they really got it right. And so, yes, you can say that the metaverse is going to be accessible via the web and mobile and PCs because it's just going to take a long time uh, for whatever native viewing device uh, materializes to come along. However, ultimately, I believe it, it's a platform play, and they're really just desperately trying to compensate for having been held hostage to some extent in mobile uh, and, and really want to find a, a way out of that. And uh, yeah, $10 billion a year may, may sound like a lot, uh, but the question is, how much revenue do they stand to lose if they're going to continue to get squeezed by, uh, by platform providers? Yeah, I think they definitely have this desire to build out their own platform so that they can own it, similar to YouTube, similar to what Amazon is capable of, of doing. Uh, obviously, Alphabet's other properties, Google, uh, they, they have control over that and they get to control what the advertising looks like, who advertises, what the rates are. So I, I think that uh, Facebook likes that and probably never foresaw this shift in, in device power when they made a strong pivot towards mobile. They saw mobile being a, a good move for the organization, and it was for a very long time the right move for them to have made. And now they're trying to make this next pivot to what they hope the future of the, the web will be as they, uh, you know, as they build that out. Um, at, the, at the same time here in Washington, D.C., we saw the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, move on the um, Open App Marks Act. So that will go before the, the full Senate. And, and it really saw wide bipartisan approval, 20 to 2, uh, passing and, and moving on to that. That essentially allows users to download any app they want on their devices, not have to go through a app store. It also uh, allows them to um, use any payment platform that they want. So some of the apps that have had to use the app store payment offerings can now have a greater flexibility. So at the same time that Apple might be winning on the advertising front, they might be losing on the front to control their, their own app store. So we'll, uh, we'll see that. But I agree with you, Ross. It does feel like they're trying to build out the next iteration of the web and, uh, and be a strong player and control a platform where, where they can have greater say of what advertising looks like. And, and of course, Apple is uh, not going to respond to such uh, legislation lying down uh, if, if it even uh, gets uh, passed into law. Uh, there's a story this week about how the company is moving to allow web apps uh, to do notifications through Safari. Uh, we've certainly seen a lot happening. This is not uh, an Apple-only phenomenon uh, at all. Uh, we've seen both Microsoft and Google uh, take steps to beef up the capabilities of progressive web apps uh, on, on their platforms. Uh, and so Apple could potentially counter by offering web apps more capabilities to match 
those of, of native applications and yet still drawing this line in the sand saying, oh, sure, you can download any app, you know, as long as it is uh, done through Safari or some kind of web store. Uh, but if you want the full native experience and something that's going to take full advantage of all the hardware capabilities, you're still going to need to play by uh, our rules. And frankly, you know, even if that were the case, I think that would represent uh, an improvement in, in the eyes of many users, but uh, uh, probably wouldn't uh, adversely impact uh, Apple's uh, revenue or control of the platform very much. Uh, speaking of platforms, the other big news that we saw this week was the announcement that uh, Wordle was being acquired by the New York Times. If, if you're not familiar with Wordle, then uh, I'll ask, where have you been lately? Because it seems like it's uh, something that everyone is, is playing now. Wordle was a, is a game that was created by a software developer based in Brooklyn by the name of hey, John Brooklyn. Wordle. Yeah, there's Brooklyn for you. Hey, represent. <laughs> and uh, he, he created it for his partner and uh, released it in October. So the, the market was a market of one originally <laughs> on November 1st, about 90 people played. And then within months, it had grown to uh, hundreds of thousands, if not millions playing today. And, and he didn't even need a TikTok channel. To, to get it to that point, which uh, just goes to show. Yeah. It, is, it is quite amazing how quickly it took off and how quickly the uh, uh, here pun intended word spread that uh, uh, of this new game. He, you know, he noted in uh, when he announced the, the sale of it to uh, New York Times that he's been in awe of the response from everyone that has played. The game has gotten bigger than he ever imagined. And he says, uh, which I suppose isn't that much of a feat given I made the game for an audience of one. <laughs> so it really is uh, a phenomenal to see that. And we'll see what the New York Times does to it. There's a lot of fear and worry that they will try to monetize it in a way that will, that will disrupt the simplicity of the game. Uh, as, you, as most of you know, a new one drops each day. You can't play more than one. So I have seen some rumors that maybe the New York Times will offer a premium edition where you could play more than once a day mm, we'll see they, they don't do that with their current uh superstar Bro. word game which is uh spelling bee that, that's also once a day but you know that game can take you all day to try to solve the the big difference is that to me you know wordle is you you finish the puzzle in maybe about 10 minutes and and you're done whereas with spelling bee there are all these levels you can get to and uh, uh really requires um far greater command of, uh, of English, of, of vocabulary, frankly, uh, which is again, not surprising for uh, a publication that is so well known for its crossword puzzles. So, so Ross, are you an early Wordle player or you play late at night? Oh uh, yeah. Um, if, see the, the nice thing is that because it's something that you can knock out in maybe 10, 15 minutes, uh, uh, if I happen to be up past midnight, uh, it'll, it'll be a nice uh, nightcap uh, before uh, heading to bed. Uh, if not, I'll, I'll probably uh, hit, it, hit it in the morning. Whereas the spelling bee, you know, I, I kind of dropped it because it was just this multi-hour uh, affair. Also, I think it, the new one would drop at like 3 a.m., uh, which was uh, quite inconvenient for, uh, we, for us East Coasters. So uh, yeah. in any case. 
Well, it is funny to see some people are quite religious about saving it till the morning to not, you know, mm. not night because you have nothing for the next day. Uh, they uh. just set their day around it, and uh, of course, it's very easy to post your uh, your your score. If, That's definitely been fun. Yes, a lot of people have done that. Though it's unclear what a good score is. Presumably, it's fewer number of guesses, but uh, sometimes you can get lucky in your your first guess. What's your? Uh, do you have a? Do you have a default word that you use as your? First yeah, word? I'm. I'm usually. Uh, I, my go-to start word is usually stare. Stare. Yeah. That's stare. Yeah. I'm smile. I use smile. Smile is good. Yeah. Couple. Of yeah. There's of of course you know much again much like spelling bee which. Uh, has been algorithmically solved, uh, and you know you can look up the solutions uh, on any number of websites. Uh, Wordle, you know, there, there's a known word list. There's been all kinds of analyses on the best opening words, the worst opening words. What's the best second word uh, to go for, depending on the first one you've used? So, uh, so yeah, I I would agree. I I think there are some things they could do with it uh, in terms of perhaps adding a scoring system uh, that wouldn't compromise it too much. Uh, one uh, fun sub game I've uh, launched in it is uh, trying not to repeat letters. So you could have some kind of score based on not repeating letters other than the ones that you've confirmed are already in the puzzle. So I, I call that a, a perfect wordle. Uh, if you're able to do that, uh, it, is, uh, it does add a, an element of challenge. And actually, on the web version, when I've noticed it, there is this toggle for hard wordle, which will hmm. it requires you to use the letters that have been revealed. So you have to use those. I see some people will, uh, for their second option, skip letters, even though they they uh, you know know that it's in the word, just to try to reveal more more letters. For that. Another nice thing would be a, a login, uh, just because if you uh, access it from another device, uh, you, you lose all your streak information. So, yeah. yeah, maybe an app. Do you think we'll see an app for it? I uh, wouldn't, be, wouldn't be surprised to see an app. So there's, al there's already a, an, at least an Android app called Wordle, uh, which is a completely different puzzle. Not, not a bad puzzle either, but you know, certainly nothing like this kind of phenomenon. So. I'm sure they've seen great traffic in recent months. I'm sure they have. <laughs> so um, certainly more to come on that front as People continue to wordle in the morning, and some of us on the East Coast, uh, you know, later in the in the day. I've even seen people switch the time on their on their Oof, device so that devious. they get it early. Mm. Uh, but with that, we will sign off for this week's episode of TechSmansive. Thanks so much for joining us again. I'm Sean Dubravac, and you can find me on Twitter at Sean Dubravac. And I'm Ross Rubin. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Rubin. Thanks for listening.